What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. If it's your first time coming to hang out, let me just get you up to speed on what's going to go down today. Our show name is our sections of what we'll talk about. So Buds is going to be for those who travel the green with myself and my guests today. Bros is going to be me getting to know my guests today and figuring out how great it is to grow up nerdy. And Superheroes, we're pretty deep into three episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier. So we are going to talk about those recently recap those and kind of break them down, see what's going on. My name is Nick James, and today I am joined by first-time guest, Mr. Mark. Please say hello. Hi, guys. Nice to meet you all. What's going on today, sir? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. How about yourself? Not bad. Pretty excited to get into this. Uh, for the first time in a while on this show, I'm not really a fan of this Falcon and Winter Soldier show, so we're kind of going to shit on it a little bit as well and kind of maybe stir the pot and get some controversy going, because usually this show is 98% of me going, don't you love this? I love this so much. Oh, no, 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 no. But no, not today. Today I watched the third episode and I just sat there going, what the fuck are we doing? Where are we going? What's going on? But we'll get to that in a little bit. So to start the show off like we always do, we're going to head in to the bud section. So what am I smoking on today? Because I am smoking as we do this. It's a East Coast Sour Diesel. Still a really big fan of Franklin Labs. I don't know if you've been to Harvest or anything around here, but... I just moved up here, so I don't really know a lot of the spots around here. Prior to that, I mean, I really just took from people that I knew who would, you know, constantly either grow their own or, you know, would buy from other growers. And then I would kind of just partake into what they would, you know, what they were selling that, that particular day when I came over to their house or they came over to mine. So I'm not really particular on the area and knowing exactly where to uh, procure any kind of cannabis. But being a traveler of the green, we could talk about past experiences in this little thing. So do you have a favorite time in which you, how, first of all, how do you like to consume your cannabis? Um, right now, I usually smoke it. I do want to try edibles. Um, I hear from a lot of people that edibles are the way to go. Um, apparently, like, the high's different, the hit's different. Um, I've done the THC liquid version and I kind of liked that it was a different high. It was very, I could say that it was very, I was there and I could feel the high, but then at the same time, I was very, like my motors were still all intact. So like I could literally feel like there, nothing to me physically was altered. So like mentally I was up there. But physically, I was like, oh, I can pick up this water bottle, and I felt perfectly fine. And it was like there was no adverse effects versus just smoking the typical grass where then you get hit by, like, certain stages. So, you know, like, first you're, like, lazy. Then, like, you know, you're hyped back up. Then you get hungry. Like, with the THC liquid version, what's probably about my favorite is that you kind of just got a really good high, and you just kind of felt like you already buy, like, bypassed all the other sides of smoking marijuana you were just right at the good part and that came in like a tincture like a, a droplet that you then put on or how how, how do you um, yeah, consume it was kinda, that yeah it was like a little drop um i usually did them by like e-vape so they were already like into the liquid vial in itself and you would just kind of like refill just like if you were uh vaping Interesting. I've never done that. I have tried vape pens or prepackaged, but I've never actually put it on myself. 
very, very interesting. In terms of edibles, yeah, it is different turning something into something else. I, I always fuck it up. A THC becomes something different. And I tell the story of I didn't like the way that hit. The When it really hit the one time it did, it did hit a little funny where uh, I'm not usually a paranoid person. Or if I am, I'm able to control it. At least, you know, kind of talk myself out of, no, 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 stop it. You're being crazy. And the one time I tried it, no, I couldn't even do that. I was really, really positive. Everybody around me was like, how dare you? How dare you be so high right now in this restaurant? But no, nobody was looking at me. What are your favorite times smoking? Do you have any, like, fun times, good stories, anything you want to share? Uh, Yeah, typically I like to do what many may have very different terms for, but... um. Space cruising. That's like the main terminology. I'm sure there's like there's many others. I don't know if I've heard of them. But um, it's pretty much you're driving, you're smoking. You have a destination, but that destination is not really planned out. So like if I was going to go to the mall and that was our destination, because um, I always like to smoke with people. I don't like I like smoking with myself. I like to smoke with people. I think like the high and just being around other people is very like it just makes it a lot better and more enjoyable for me. So going on a space cruise, you're pretty much just smoking, you're driving, you have a destination. You don't know where you're actually going to end up because you may get hungry. So the next thing you know, you're like, we're going to go to White Castle. We're going to go to Taco Bell's. We're going to go here. And then that trip will come down to going to a side trip. And then that side trip, you may see something on the way and you want to stop. Um, I've known like a couple times where we've smoked. We saw a comic book store or we saw um, an action figure store that was just like, oh, what is that? <laughs> and then it's like, I don't know what that is, but we have to we're stop, stop right <laughs> now. We're, we're going to loop around. We're going to figure this out. We're going to stop there. We're going we're gonna to go look. You said White Castle, sir. That's awesome. How long has it been since you've had it? Since you've been here, I'd assume, right? Uh, yeah, since I moved up here, there was one close by. I couldn't tell you exactly where the town was because I kind of found it by mistake on a space cruise. And uh, we kind of just ran into it. We were just driving and driving and driving. And we actually were lost. And we were getting really hungry. And then we Googled restaurants near us. And then White Castle popped up. And it was like, there's a White Castle 2.5 miles away. We're going to the White Castle. So that's how that happened. Hell yeah, dude. I just went, not just, but pretty recently went to Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash in New Jersey where there's White Castles aplenty. And I found it so funny. Back in the day, or still, you could order them. 30 burgers was a Crave case. And now they'll give you 20 in a Crave clutch. And I found that pretty fucking adorable. So I got 20 cheeseburgers. And over the course of three days, just destroyed them. And it was amazing. And it was kind of bad in a sense of before I did this and I was out here, I would think about White Castle, but the memory was a little faint. And now it's so fresh that I'm really considering just saying, fuck it. You know, I have three days off in a row anymore. I'm going to take that first day and I'm going to go get me some fucking White Castle because it's so good. One of my favorite times that I remember I was with my cousins again in New Jersey. So we should have probably hit up White Castle was just smoking on their patio. And I can, it's one of the only times I really ever remember saying, I don't want to smoke anymore. Like, you have officially beaten me. I am done. I am just too high right now. It was me, my two cousins, their siblings, and then maybe two or three extra of their friends. And we were just sitting around, so we had multiples going. And I don't know if you've ever done this, if you have mul multiple pieces going around. 
and one person either uses it as a microphone is what I like to say, or, you know, they're hogging it. And all of a sudden the second one comes around to them before they've passed it. And it was this dumb thing where you have to make, you take the both and you make little antlers and then you have to hit them both. And then pat and like, and you're fucked. Cause now you're smoking double time pretty much. And I just have this really strong memory of me sitting there and they're like, Oh, both are there. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just almost in pain, but also just so happy and having to do that. And just like, Oh Jesus Christ, you are high. That was, that was a really good time. I can't. And honestly, I don't really remember what happened after that. We were just super duper baked and hanging around, probably watch something. If I had to imagine, I think maybe they were going to a, a something or just came back from a concert. I don't know. Pre-pandemic, I was not a concert festival person, so I'm not somebody who's like, bring them back. So I don't, I don't really remember if that was, that's not me. Is that you? Do you like that shit? Um, I would when I was younger. I would go to a lot of concerts, not festivals really, but like concerts. I like to see a lot of underground bands, and I became friends with a lot of those those underground people, uh, singers and stuff like that, and the bandmates. But other than that, typically I'm a I'm a homebody, so I like to be home. But I do like to just. Like I said, like when I'm smoking, I like to be around people. And if the adventure's there, you know, we go and do something. And I'm typically the type of person that's like, if I haven't been somewhere, I want to be there. So if I haven't, like if you told me right now, there's a comic book store somewhere in the area. We can get there. They're open right now. And I'd sit there and tell you, let's do it. Like I'm free. I have time. Let's go look at that right now. As long as it's like it piques my interest and it's something that's, you know, like I haven't seen, I'm going to go for it. The closest one I know around is uh, Comics on the Green, downtown Scranton. Have you been to that one? No, I've seen it. And unfortunately, during the pandemic, when I moved up here during the pandemic, it was closed. So, like, I looked through the windows, and I was like, oh, my God, he's got some really cool stuff here. And I was like, when is he open? Mm-hmm. And I was like, when, if you, and then with the pandemic, you're like, when will he ever be open? So, it was like one of those types of deals where I saw it, and I just, I wanted to go in, couldn't go in. Follow him on Facebook. I believe you can go in now. And during that time, he was only doing curbside pickup, which makes sense. But I think you can go in now. And if you look in through that window, did you see the giant fucking silver surfer? Yes. So cool. Gosh, I want to own a comic book store. I want to own a comic. Like, have you ever seen Kick-Ass? You know, yeah. the comic book store slash cafe. I would love to own one of those where the cafe is also a green cafe. But then I think about, like, what if somebody gets a little overserved? Like they're just a little too high with a fucking cappuccino in their hands and they spill it on a long box. And I'm like, fuck. So I've tried to like think of the logistics of you can't cross this line with a drink or a book or I don't know if it'll ever work. But I do want to own both businesses and I would love to try to put them together. It would be an interesting concept. I think what you could do is you could sit there and make like if. It would probably take a lot of time, but she was literally just like plastic wrap everything. So like in those case scenarios, because I know if I'm high, I can get really clumsy. And I know like last time I was super high, like you were speaking of earlier, I went to the King of Prussia Mall and I was literally walking like if I was Squidward. Like I was in there like big steps and I'm like, like people were like looking at me and they're like, that's a guy out of fish out of water. And I remember that comic because it was like four teenage girls behind me and they're like that guy's a fish out of, out of out of water and i was trying to head to the comic book store that was there um i forget what the comic book store's name is but they have these giant figurines which i would love to buy one but they go for like probably like a thousand dollars and they have like these superheroes they have spider-man and all that and we were going up there and i was trying to walk up the escalator 
And I was like literally taking these giant steps, trying to get up the escalator, even though the escalator would take me up there with if I was just stood still. But that concept was not there because, you know, I was on a four hour smoking spree. So I was like, oh, crazy. Yeah. Now you don't fuck around on escalators <laughs> for Kevin Smith fans. Have you ever seen Morats? Yeah. Get an ambulance. There's a kid stuck on the escalator. So you mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, munchies can sometimes be a problem. What do you like to do for those? I can tell you. I've not had really bad ideas when I was high, but I've have had bad ideas eating while being high. So I was like thinking, I, I remember taking a whole pizza, rolling it up like a burrito, and I'm talking like a large pepperoni sauce, it, the works, and I rolled it up like a burrito, and I ate the whole thing. And then 30 minutes later, the worst stomach ache ever in my life had occurred. That does sound like a stomach ache kind of problem, sir. I did that. I just got off work. We went to McDonald's, 12 nuggets and a large strawberry shake all down in like five minutes. And then I went to bed, like literally went to fucking bed. And I woke up in the middle of the night going, oh, why does my stomach hurt so bad? And she's like, what are you fucking stupid? Like, it's, this is what just happened. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that was a bad idea. Well, I mean, if I had a lot of bad ideas when I was high, well, then mostly when it comes down to food, it's not particularly like I'm going to go and light myself on fire, but it was more like I'm going to light my stomach on fire by eating something that I shouldn't or eating a combination of food that you shouldn't. And then you just end up being sick from it. Let me get one plate of nachos and 15 packs of gushers. And it's like, yeah, when your stomach kills and it's like, maybe that wasn't the best combination. Good call. Good call. What's everybody's out there favorite thing to eat when you guys are smoking? Leave a comment down below. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. I think I did all of them. That'd be really great if you could. If you can't, tell a friend. That's always the best thing I can ask for as I close out the bud section and we can open up this bro section. So entering this bro section, we have something pretty cool in common now. We are about to be family, like by law and shit, right? So you proposed to your affianced, whose mom is brothers to my wife's dad. Figure that out, guys. So in more simple terms and not dumbass speakery, you're soon to be mother-in-law and my father-in-law are siblings. Just what do you think that makes us? Does that make us anything? Like, do we have a term? I don't know. That is a really good question. I, I, I don't know what the terminology would be for that. I, I, we were talking about it earlier, and I was still trying to like think of something. I'm still sitting there like, hmm. it does make us family, but does, like, I'm trying to think of it as in, like, if I was looking at a family tree, what branch would we be on? Our wives are first cousins. So I think that that would make you to my wife and me to your wife. No, because, yeah, no, that would still make us first cousins once removed. And then we would be twice removed? I guess. But then how would that make our siblings? Would they be like third removed at that point? Because then we, we, we all have siblings. I don't think at that point the law carries over anymore. I don't know how that works, to be honest. Yeah, that's a big like. So you're saying, what are you to my sister then? Yes. Huh. Because yeah. like, if we, can, if we know that we're family, then how is your family branched into my family? Like, are we going into like a Harry Potter thing where there's like a whole entire wall and we're like all connected in, in, by these branches? Air high five. Boom. What a great fucking reference. I want to do that up this wall just like that, but I don't have the artistic ability. 
But that that is a great reference drop. Yeah, because there's somewhere they would eventually be on there together. And that just kind of makes you wonder, wouldn't then everybody be connected? Well, I think by that sense, we would. I mean, how many people are like related to like uh, Genghis Khan? Lots. (laughs) Yeah. So you, you would think, you know, like by almost all of half, like, you know, the Western Hemisphere or the Eastern, I'm sorry, Eastern Hemisphere, they would all be related in some fashion, at least in the more Asian provinces. It reminds me of this bad joke for a show that I never ended up watching, but it was one of those YouTube ads that you couldn't skip. And it was just that. And that's the only reason I know said information about a lot of people being related to Genghis Khan because the guy says something like, oh, 85%, whatever the number is. And then the one guy's looking through his DNA test and it says, it says I'm related to Shaka Khan. And I don't know why that, that joke hit me a lot better than, I guess the show did because I don't remember seeing anything else for it. But yeah. With getting to know each other and being family now, I want to know just a little bit more about, you know, we have talked a little bit off mic. You are not new to the nerd, if you will. Growing up nerdy is something that you did, same as me. I just want to hear about your experience with it. What's some of your earliest memories of where do you like to deep dive on your nerd? Well, let's see. I'm 31 years old, so when it comes down to it, I think we kind of both grew up in like the same generation of being introduced in the comics. So for me, it was sitting there watching Fox, and I remember watching my first superhero, which was the 90s version of Spider-Man. So hearing the, that that theme, uh, the, the whole techno rock theme going on there, which carried over to Batman Beyond and other comic books, um, shows that would kind of kind of like have that same kind of theme. But having that, I think Spider-Man had to be the first real one that I watched. And then I believe Batman Beyond came shortly after that which was on cartoon network if i'm not mistaken that would just air that and that's where i kind of grew up into comic books i grew up not as a wealthy in a wealthy family so comic books were not there for me to access plus i grew up in a in a country area so a comic book store was definitely nowhere in the area so growing up i watched a lot of the whole cartoon Saturdays, Sundays, reruns, if I missed it on Saturday, just kind of watching all these cartoons, the Justice League, Batman Beyond, Spider-Man, the X-Men, anything I could get my hands on to watch. I remember even pleading to my parents to get Boomerang so I could watch the old, old cartoons of Batman and Robin where, you know, you had the little pow and, you know, all those like stuff that was there to just watch them. I think when I turned into my 18s and 20s, that's when comic books became a really big thing for me, where I actually still have a collection of them, I have an entire box. I think they've written when my apartment flood, some of them got damaged, but I had as many comic books as I could possibly afford outside of my rent. So like when I wasn't paying for rent, I was buying comic books. So I have like a giant collection. And I think we were when we were talking about this last night, I'm a big DC fan, so when it comes down to DC, Lord, it was like DC for me versus Marvel. DC was more graphical, and I guess in my mind, that's like what is my niche. So like, I like that the fact that if Spider, uh, if uh, Superman would punch somebody, there was blood. You know, it was realistic. It was like he punched somebody, there was blood. If he got hit by magic, he was gonna bleed. You know, vice versa. Batman, Wonder Woman, like everybody could get hurt 
and there was that hurt was real versus like if you look at a Marvel comic or watch a Marvel TV show, someone gets punched and they kind of got like that little scrape there, but there's like no physical damage. So that's kind of like where I fall into the spectrum of like how I grew up and what like I favored more versus Marvel. Like Marvel to me has very iconic stories, but then I think they overkilled it with Spider-Man. So like they, they kind of like over the years from the 90s into the 2000s, they kind of like shoved Spider-Man down our throats to a point that like it kind of disinterested me from Marvel for a little while until like Iron Man came out. Until they started introducing all these other comics um heroes then marvel caught my interest but at the time dc had all the shows all the cartoons oh you know and it was like oh justice league teen titans and it was just like non-stop you know dc circulating everywhere you static know? shock yeah static shock you had static shock fucking you love had, that one you know and and it was great and you know they introduced a lot of characters which then, like, even piqued my interest even more, like, when they introduced Shazam. Like, I didn't know who Shazam was when I was a kid. You know, like, now they have the movie, and, I mean, like, now, like, this generation has an idea of who what who Shazam is. But when we were growing up, Shazam got introduced in the Justice League, and... I think beating he, up Superman. Yeah, beating up Superman, because they, they literally thought he was a Superman counterpart. And, like, he basically, like... You like when I remember when I saw Shazam, I was like, "Is that Superman?" He has very similar powers. The only thing is, he got lightning bolts versus laser eyes. So I'm like, it was a very, you know, like I was very into Shazam and everything. And I think I had like all my favorite characters out of all the comic books has to be between Doctor Strange and um, Green Lantern. And out of those two, like if it comes down to Marvel, I'm a big Doctor Strange fan. So when that movie came out. And I found that he's going to be playing this major role because usually Doctor Strange is like one of those back characters. So you like people you can go like to an average comic book fan and be like Doctor Strange and they can be like, mm, yeah, I know some things about him. But like it was great to see that he finally got like a really big opening into the verse. I mean, like, no, he's actually really important. And then like the Green Lantern for me, like just. The depth that the Green Lanterns go into, they could literally build the DC Universe 10 times over in comic books for all the lore they got. It is, yeah. They have so much going on inside that, so I completely agree. It's always been like the X-Men's X-Men, or the Marvel's X-Men, excuse me. Yes. Where, like, X-Men has their entire fucking thing where it's like, who is this? What's going on? And, like, there are some people who'd only deep dive into that shit. Same thing for the Green Lantern, where there are times where... People are like, oh, you don't know this guy? He protects Sector, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, huh? How Jordan? Like, I know the Earth's ones, and that's where I personally kind of stop. But I do know one of my favorite animated ones is uh, Green Lantern, Emerald Knights. And it's an anthology story, and they kind of go through a little bit of history and shit like that. And that I like. And that's as deep as I go. But you're absolutely correct. That is, there's a lot to go in there. Who's your favorite Green Lantern? Um, I actually don't have a specific Green Lantern. I do believe, like, each one plays like their major role now and and i'm not even saying like the ones that we like the two major ones obviously we have that are you know a section of the earth give any given time during the universe but i think as a whole the whole organization has to be like my whole favorite thing because each one plays their own part so it's kind of like if you're looking at the nova Corps, and you know and you're like oh do i like nova 
No, I mean, like, Nova's cool, but there's so many more of them in the Nova Core that all play the, this fundamental part. He's just, like, the main character. But, like, out of, like, anyone of the Greenlanders, I'm not really specifically in favor of. Because, like, do I like certain people? Yes. But, like, I don't really have a favorite. I just like the Green Lantern Corps as a whole. Nice. I would say growing up, I can feel you beat for beat of really the cartoons being my introduction. And I specifically feel that eventually Marvel did, but DC did it better in terms of here's a fuck ton of people, especially by the time we got to Justice League Unlimited, where you see people that, you know, Hawk and Dove. I had never heard of Hawk and Dove before that show. And now, you know, with Titans on the DC, I was like, oh, I get that now. Other ones that I could think of, Fire and Ice. I don't know why I'm only thinking of pairs, but... Again, never thought of it, but when I'd go into a store and that was the person on the cover, I'd be like, oh, okay. Whereas I don't feel like I got that with Marvel sometimes. Now, with the cinematic universe, you know, like we're going to talk about in a little bit, if Falcon was on its own cover, I'd be like, I don't know who that is. Because I didn't, I was, there was a Marvel show where he was on it, but I just feel like they never got the same airplay. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's where the Falcon made his first introduction, at least in the modern version of the Marvelverse is that he was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. So he played a, a, a big part. But we'll get into that in, that in that part of the segment of how he gets introduced into the Marvelverse. Yeah. But cartoon-wise, there was a Avengers show that he was in, and he didn't look like he does now, because thank God, that was one of those, I'm all for spandex, and apparently Anthony Mackie was too, but it wouldn't have transferred as well. But I would agree that DC Animated growing up was absolutely everything and just gave you this pantheon of characters. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you can carry those over into the different books. And then when they come on different things now, because I think the Arrowverse, though I'm not a huge fan myself, I like everywhere they're going with it. You know, everybody's on that show. Really deep cuts, weird characters where you're like, really? That's that's cool. And uh, still today animated wise are you up with young justice i did watch young justice i thought it was a very very good show i don't i, I don't know if they're are they still continuing that or was that because I've, I've watched what has been available through hulu or netflix when it's there but i have not seen anything as for the animated series if that has continued i literally thought that was done like i thought they cut the show Technically, yeah, they did. They made two seasons that you could probably watch on said shows or said platforms. But then they made a third one for the DC app that eventually is now only for comic books. And if I believe, the, if I'm right, the fourth season will come out on HBO Max. So you can get the third season DVDs. I will gladly let you have them so you can watch it because the show does get... It's awesome. But another show just to be like, let's not set everything up. But this is just where the cards lay, guy. Boom, we're in here. Everybody has like, I don't have to have an origin story. It's just this is what's going to happen. Let's go on missions. Let's kick ass. Here's a new person. Here's a new person. Boom, 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 boom. Like everything just keeps moving in one direction. That once you're done with the season and you pull back, you can actually go and rewatch and go, oh, shit. Now I understand. Like, holy shit, that was cool. They set that up mad long ago. Like, that was a really, really good show. And when it comes down to like Marvel and DC, I think Marvel dominates that like the theatrical like spectrum marvel's dominating that and i like i give props to marvel for their their movies because they are very good obviously we, we you covered a Zack snyder thing where if they warner brothers would have let that be that four hour long movie let it be like the lord of the rings we'll we'll sit through the whole thing but um 
when it comes down to like animated, I believe Marvel has it. And when it comes down to like their character development, like everybody has a love interest. And I think you saw one of my posts on Facebook where I sat there saying like uh, people always like to compare uh, Harley Quinn and the Joker to like their real life relationship. And I'm like, that's a terrible, terrible. It's really you know, bad. Like, Stop yeah, that. Yeah. It's like, it's like, no, that's very, <laughs> you don't understand what had like how that even relationship even began for you to even want to compare your relationship to that. And then you wouldn't want to. But when it comes down to like the DC universe, you got so much love in there. Like there's a lot of love interest versus the Marvel where you got like Black Widow and then the Hawk and Black Widow and then Captain America. Like there's not that much love unless you go into the X-Men where then the X-Men has basically all that character development. Whereas you just kind of feel like, all right, these people are around each other all the time that eventually they kind of like start falling in love with each other. They start having interest in with each other, which also builds more development into what you're watching or reading even more. And you always get the love triangle of Wolverine and Scott and Gene. Yeah. I would like to see that. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not very big fan of the Fox, how they did. There's, there's some stuff in there trying to beat around the bush of, all right, let's make a Marvel show about that. I don't like Marvelized everything, but so far I really liked WandaVision. I really did. We're going to talk about why I didn't like this new one in a little bit, but I think if we could get eight hours of a show of an X-Men show, introducing them into the universe, that would be cool because you're right. The, the X-Men are just so big and I think a movie to get them in would just be too little. So I would really like to see an X-Men kind of live action. I wonder where they're at with that, if that's ever going to, like, it's going to happen. I'm just wondering when at this point. I think they're building up to that. I believe, not to jump ahead of, like, segments or anything, but I believe that that's where I think they're heading towards. I think out of the shows, they're leading us into something a lot bigger in the Marvel Universe. It's just, what is it? What is it? Like, we could speculate all day, but I think that's what they're doing. And I actually I watched something very interesting uh, with WandaVision and then Falcon in the Winter, where if you were paying attention, and I know that's pretty hard to pay attention with the Falcon in the Winter, and we'll get into why how hard it was to pay attention to that show. But they're saying that at a one point in time, there was a, a program where something like Wanda's vision where she took the town and she made all these people do it, you know, what they did and made them into characters that they did that with all the bad people. So, like, all the villains. Well, actually, I wasn't in the Falcon. I'm sorry. I just kind of, like, lost track there. I wasn't in the Falcon. I was actually watching something on YouTube. And they in a comic book, there was a part of the uh, the Marvel Universe where they kind of, like, entrapped them in basically a WandaVision-style area. And they called it Pleasantville. And they put all these villains in there altered their memories, altered their personalities, and forced them to be good and then live in this bubble for, like, uh, like basically just like how the Suicide Squad is, you know, and they were just kind of molding these villains back into, like, positive citizens again. And where was this? It is a, it's part of a comic book version. It is in, in the Marvel. I was like, literally watching a, just for this podcast, I was literally watching Bucky's History. And in the history, Bucky ends up going into this dome of Pleasantville 
because he cannot suppress his own memories of when he was a Winter Soldier. So he even like forcefully just makes himself go in there just to become a better person. But I don't. I, I would have to. I have to. I'll send you the video. So like it's probably like I think the video is like 13 minutes long, and they got to that point and it blew my mind because I didn't even know about it. It was like 10 minutes into the video, and I'm like what there was a wanda vision before there was a wanda vision and basically everything they described of how this area worked was like what we saw in wanda vision it makes me believe that maybe we're heading in that direction where they're gonna do that and but we we never know like i said we could speculate all day all day all day about it with that, we have kind of already bled sections, which is really good. It's a perfect segue into this. So let's close out the bros. We'll open up the superheroes where we're going to talk about three episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier on Disney+. And to be honest, I'm not going to be too nice about it, but we'll get to that as we enter superheroes right now. To give everybody a little bit of a backstory on the heroes that we're talking about today in the comic book history lore... We're talking about The Falcon and Winter Soldier, published by Marvel. As The Falcon, Sam Wilson first appeared in Captain America number 117 in September of 1969. And spoiler alert to something that's, you know, quite old now. He does, in comics, become Captain America in the all-new Captain America number 1 in November of 2014 that came out. Bucky Barnes' first appearance goes way motherfucking back. Captain America Comics number one, March 1941. That's basically as long as Cap's been around. I think he has been by his side. I think other than his debut issue, since two on, there was a Bucky Barnes and then, you know, stuff happened. He died a little bit. But he comes back as the Winter Soldier for the first time ever seeing in Captain America number one, January 2005. And again, spoiler alert, guys, something that's also quite old. Sorry. He is Captain America in Captain America number 34. January 2008 so these people could have seen for a while why this show was going to happen once Cap retired like both these men have history being Captain America it's not our first time seeing these actors on screen so the first time that we saw Mr. Anthony Mackie as the Falcon was in the Winter Soldier in 2014 moved on to we saw him a little bit I don't know did we actually see him flying around in Age of Ultron he was just at the party in the beginning, right? The Falcon, I think he flew in. Like, he literally flew into the scene. But other than that, we didn't really see him too much until about Endgame and when he came back with the others. It was a glorified cameo at best. Same thing with Ant-Man. He was in another's movie, which I really... I'm not a huge Ant-Man standalone movie fan. I like the character when he's fucking around with everybody else. I don't really like that movie. But I like that for that cameo that they chose, they were like... Let's go with the fucking Falcon, man. Like, we just introduced him, so it's only been one year since we've seen his introduction. Like, let's throw him in there, and I really like that fight. where He gets a bigger role in Captain America Civil War, where he really comes in as, like, wherever he goes, I go too, just a little bit slower. And then, like you said, he's in both Avengers at the very end, Infinity and Endgame, playing a big part. Mr. Sebastian Stan, he comes in first, Captain America the First Avenger where he's only Bucky. He's not the Winter Soldier. Maybe that's where I'm messing up. So he was only Bucky Barnes in Captain America, the first Avenger, and then he dies. Yes. Then we get that, no, he didn't. He comes back. He's been mutated into this Winter Soldier, right? And that was in 2014. In Ant-Man, he's got a little cameo. Do you even remember this? I had to look this up. No, I actually, I don't remember him in Ant-Man, and I do remember watching Ant-Man. But I do not remember seeing Bucky or the Winter Soldier in it. I put the asterisk on it in our list because 
it's technically a scene that's lifted out of Captain America's Civil War. After, so in that movie, after Zemo releases him for the first time, they crash into the river from the helicopter and the giant muscle Captain America. And when he wakes up, his arm is in that clamp. Oh, yeah. That little scene was in the very end of Ant-Man. That was the post credit scene. So technically, he was in Ant-Man. But no, it was just a scene from the next movie that's on this list of Captain America Civil War. Wow. In Black Panther, the same kind of thing. It's not the. It's the same kind of. He does get the post credit scene of like, let them come. That's true. And then he's very, very big in Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame. And now we're talking about, you know, he's. They both got their own fucking show. So episode one, New World Order. First one just premiered March nineteenth. I just caught up on all of them. So I watched episodes one and two yesterday and then caught up on number three today. So I'd have them all back to back. So I didn't watch this when this premiered. Not a big fan. We were talking off mic and now to kind of recap, it opens with a fucking useless scene. I mean, if you want to call it a cold open, I'm not going to hold that against you because it has nothing to do with the plot whatsoever. That is exactly what it was. It does show that Anthony Mackie is there with the wings, which we expected. We do meet Joaquin Torres, played by Danny Ramirez, who will go on to have some stuff to do, but nothing in this scene really sets it up other than the fact that they do know each other. Yes. Which could have been set up by fucking anything. Just them sitting down and being like, hey man, I got you this coffee. Sit down next to me. Like, oh, they must know each other. You know, anything could have done that other than this stupid fucking mission. Yeah. He could have received a text and that could have introduced him and we could have been like, oh, okay. You know, when will he show up? Other than that, he just kind of played as a filler into the whole thing. And I think when we were talking about it earlier, when with this cold opening, we thought that this soldier that he was rescuing was going to play this significant part, at least to at least the episode, to the beginning episode. Like he was going to play this significant part, and he really didn't play a part other than just to being in part of this cold opening, which I thought, hey, this action scene was really cool. I thought like if they really poured their heart into showing us a really good action scene, and when they when usually typically when you watch anything and it starts off with action right off the bat you you automatically in your mind sometimes think oh this is going to be good this is going to be really good if it's, it's already started this way it's going to be useful at the very least yes. but then you realize oh no the soldier didn't play a part next you know he's repairing his uh his his jetpack and it's just like and then we we see a hand like you know and these Waving his camera, and then the quality, and I will say this, the quality in which that he's looking at the camera and then the handprint is there, I felt like I was looking at, like, the Jurassic Park apps that pop up on Facebook. I was like, that is really horrible. At the cafe later. Yes. Before we get there, I really want to just touch on George St. Pierre comes back, the MMA fighter who did also kind of come in for Winter Soldier, got his ass kicked by Captain America, and then are we led to believe that he... He, he escapes. Everybody else fucking dies. Like you were kind of talking about earlier in both the animated and when you brought up the Snyder Cut, there are people getting shot here. You don't see blood. Yes. You know, DC has always kind of leaned more into that. And again, that's always something where I'm like, fucking A, where you shoot somebody, you slash somebody with an axe. Like, if they're made of blood, it's going to pop out of them. The, we see a bunch of people blowing up, a bunch of shit going on. But there's just so many cuts. It's it's a little disorienting. You see nothing what's going on. And the entire reason that we're on this journey, like you said, doesn't fucking pay off. 
It doesn't, this person doesn't do anything. It half reminds me of a bad Charlie's Angels 2, the Cameron Diaz one, where they go in. The entire opening to that is very similar of, we got to get this guy out of here. Look, we're on a mission. And then this opening goes, and then we start, and that guy plays a part in the role. Nothing. This guy just goes away. And like we're talking about, all of a sudden, he's just hanging out with Joaquin Torres, just like, oh, yeah, look, there's something going on. You should look at my phone. There's a handprint. It's like... Stuff's oh, let me touch your no. Nobody touches your stuff. All right, we're leaving. Goodbye. Like, yeah, it kind of reminds me of like how the original, like uh, James Bonds were. So like sometimes some of the James Bonds, not all of them, you would open up with James Bond in an action scene. It was not particularly part of the story of what was going to happen, but you saw some action right away, and you saw you know you're leading James Bond, and he was on a mission, and he just gets done with it, and he gets handed what you know the next mission. This we kind of just got handed like I felt like that, that's how what it was it was like he kind of went for like a James Bond feel. It was like oh we're gonna see him on a mission. Does this guy play a part? Okay, no, no, he does not. Maybe he will later. And even in the beginning of the episode, I thought maybe even the bad guys were gonna at least tell us while they were when they were on the plane what they were doing. Like why did they steal this guy? And then secondly, the thing I never understood was they were almost over the border. And they were so concerned about the border, but they always referenced the Falcon as an Avenger and not a military person. So as an Avenger, does borders even matter? I think after the Sokovia thing is where they might have come in with that. And that also reminded me of another ripoff of the A-Team. I recently watched that and they had the same opening of like going over the, not the same, but similar enough where I feel like somebody watched Charlie's Angels 2 and the A-Team and they're like, I got this opening, don't worry. But likening it to a Bond, you're right. They do just kind of open. It's like, watch me blow shit up and then slow-mo credits and now we'll start something new. Good call. We definitely see Anthony Mackie give up the shield. He he he, he goes against everything at the end of Endgame. Like, even though we kind of got a foreshadowing, like, it doesn't feel like mine. But Cap says it is. But he still gives it to the Smithsonian. And he's like, nah, I don't, I'm not going to be Captain America. And, spoilers... The dumbass thought that they were going to just respect that and not choose a new Captain America, which at the end of the episode we see they do. What a dumb shit thing to do. Yeah, when they did that, I was like, when when he did that, I was like, what? what what's the purpose of that? Number one, you were just gifted an iconic, stony, you know, to, like the original, like stony, uh, Tony Stark shield, right? Because we, we know he repaired it after he got, you know, busted. So now you have that. You have also Tony Stark's tech, which is his, you know, the Falcon suit. But you were just gifted from Captain America this shield, the symbol of not only America, but the Avengers, of everything that happened. The red, white, the blue, everything, yeah. man. So America. And, and he's like, and he basically gave it to you in faith that you were. In, even if he didn't take the mantle of cat of Captain America, that he was gonna look, like make the choice of who was gonna be Captain America. Like, here I gave you this. You don't have to be Captain America, but you can give it to somebody that you believe can be Captain America. And he just gives it away. And he just he's like nonchalant. Like, like he's pretty much like a handy down. We he's need like, new heroes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, uh, the thing that also makes me think is, yes, Cap was very old in Endgame, but it's not like his life force was in the shield. 
So you have to imagine he's somewhere sitting in a house with Peggy going, what the fuck, Steve? I did and we're not, not going to get that shot. No, like, I really don't think we'll get him in old makeup again, but it's not like he fucking died at the end of that movie. He's got to be watching the same news that everybody had on conveniently of like, hey, check out this new motherfucker going, really? Bro, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, you would think that he would got a text three minutes later being like, what the hell did you just do? Yeah, maybe either that or just like, if they are still texting and talking like, hey, did you think of something? Well, who's your backup? Yeah. I'm I'm thinking about giving this shit to a museum. Who was your backup before I do that? Even if he didn't choose a backup, he, he could have just sat there and just kept it and just never gave it away because you, you made a point, a very valid point. Like, what did you think was going to happen when you give the shield? Like, either, number one, they're going to use it as a weapon because of the materials that it's made out of, or they're going to hand it off. They're going to make a new Captain America. This is America, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, they're not going to just, oh, yeah, you're right. This should sit somewhere. Stupid shits. In this, too, in my opinion, and over the next three episodes, maybe over the course, my main theory of if Bucky wasn't in this, I'd kind of, I would not be watching this. I find him to be the most fascinating character. He wakes up. He's still having nightmares about people he killed. We go into that. He's going to lunch with this old man, and we find out that he killed his son. While he was the Winter Soldier, so he doesn't really... He didn't do it, but he did it. And we get that line in Civil War as Tony's choking out. Like, do you remember? And he goes, I remember every one. And it's a really intense moment in that fight scene. And then this is just something that cements that of like, I fucking remember. You know, imagine. Seriously, really, imagine being in your body and not being in control. And as that body's just tearing through human beings. Yeah. It's a seriously ghostly, no, no, haunting yeah. thought. And you would be messed up. And I think like the key point of his opening is you saw him sleeping on the floor. And when you saw him sleeping on the floor, it kind of gave me like the vibe of like soldiers and people in prison. You know, like some of them can't ever get used to sleeping in a bed ever again because they were so used to that treatment that it was so deep in their minds that they just never could get that out. And you can see that with Bucky. He's sleeping on the floor. Like, he has a very nice apartment. Like, you saw it. and you're It's like, big oh. enough for a bed. Yeah. And he chooses to sleep on the floor. No pillow. Like, I didn't see a pillow. I don't. I can't recall if there was one, but I didn't think I saw one. I might have been too much in shock that he was still he was sleeping on the floor. And that, that, that detail to it was very key to me for Bucky. If you remember, the first time Sam and Cap ever talk, it's in that opening, and they're running on your left. And at the very end, he says, I'll see you later. And he goes, it's your bed, isn't it? And Cap's like, what? And he goes, your bed. It's too soft. You feel like you're going to... And Cap cuts him off, sink right through like a marshmallow. So, again, yes, what a fucking detail to bring in to something you're right. You know, we, we are dealing with massive amounts of PTSD. That's going on in the show and being highlighted. Something I cannot, I've never, nothing like that for me to kind of go through. But seeing this makes me think that little details like that are hitting a lot of people in a lot of ways of being true on. Of this guy can't even sleep unless, like, he says a line, I've been going from fight to fight. I had a little time in Wakanda where I wasn't asked to be a weapon of war or asked to be a killing machine. But, like, this is the second time now where he's 
he had a period of time of nothing to do. And yeah, he's just at home sleeping on the floor, taking this guy out, thinking maybe if I buy him enough lunch, his son will come back or some shit like that. Or yeah, who knows? We, we don't know what his agenda is and why he's doing that. Maybe he's trying to build a sense of humanity because he lost it. So he's trying to do that with uh, this old older man. Uh, it's really unsaid. And I mean, like, like you said, like the only reason why falcon and the winter soldier like i'm watching it's because of bucky because like when it comes down to like is the falcon interesting yes he was an agent of shields you know he got introduced obviously unlike the comic books where he was you know he was naturally already gifted and then because of the cube he gained more uh powers from you know reading minds of birds or talking to birds empathetic towards naturally yeah i read that too and i was like oh what a stupid way to put it but he could kind of feel birds and make them because you know, Red Wing was a bird, yes. Yeah. That's funny. So, but like, you know, they made him a super soldier. So, you know, right, that's fine. But I felt like Bucky's story is like the true story to this show right now. Because that's where the interest is. You know, and it's like, for me at least. I don't know about all the other viewers or anyone else that it listens. It's But Bucky is like right there. And what they're putting in the Bucky is great. Like, he went into the scene where he's talking to the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist thinks he like killed this lady who I want to say was like leaking information and doing some sort of nasty yeah, shit, some taking shady stuff. Yeah. Advantage and, of people through the power he gave her, he said. Yeah. So he, you know, like hacks into her car, scares her. And the whole time the is thinking like, oh man, he snapped. He snapped. He's bashing a winter soldier. He's killing people. And he's like, no, I didn't kill her. I didn't kill her at all. I just gave her a nice little scare, called the police, you know, and that was nice, you know, and it was good to see that he is trying so hard to not be that. And unfortunately, and I don't mean to bash Anthony Mackie because they are trying with him as well. On the flip side of that, we go back, we meet his sister, Sarah. We're figuring out that she's running a boat that was their parents being fisher, fisher people. I don't want to say fishermen because fisher that they were people who fished and they had this boat and now she's got two kids. We're led to believe that the father died. I can't really remember if he died or just fucked off. I'm almost positive. She's a widow. I'm positive that she's a widow. I don't think he, I think he might've died in one of the Avengers movies. I think she might've been part of one of the calamities that was in at least one of the Avengers. I don't want to say that's like 100% correct, but I don't remember how he died. But she's going through her own shit and kind of talking on the PTSD and what people coming back may have to face. Again, I don't mean to talk from an area of knowledge, but from reactions and different things I've read on the Internet of coming back and trying to get alone and trying to do move on. And, well, what was your prof- I was gone. You know, what do you want? What do you mean? I was over the seas. And uh, then they were talking about the blip. And I, how do you make money when you don't exist? And yeah, look at you. You're an Avenger. Can I take a picture with your arms out? But no, I'm not going to lend you shit. And like there was little touches of racism, things of like, oh, it seems like whenever we're around, things get tight. And again, it's something I can't speak of from knowledge, but something that I think is being brought up and talked about rightfully so in terms of this is something that people face when they come back. And, you know, being a super soldier, being an American or being a an Avenger doesn't pay the bills sometimes. Yeah. And I think that was a really good detail. I think like him going to the bank, them pretty much like, oh yeah, your fame, 
and everything is not going to be enough. It's like, we're not, we can't give you money. And, but to me, I also sat there being like, well, wait a second. He was basically friends with Tony Stark. So at any given point, did he not think, like, I understand Tony Stark is dead, but at any point, did he like not think like, I'm going to call up, you know, at least Tony Stark's like, you know, Pepper. headquarters and, and like the Stark's headquarters and just be like, Hey, look, it's the Falcon. I need some help and money. I was in the blimp. Can I get that? And for someone who is a billionaire, like Sony, like even though he's dead, they could have been like, yeah, no problem, Falcon. We're going to give you whatever you want, you know, and that would have been the case because he has Tony Stark's tech. So by technicality, he should be able to contact the Stark Tower. He should be able to kind of, you know, Stark Industries and be like, hey, look. Pepper this Potts is-, is still alive. Yeah. yeah, we should be able to fly in on her and be like, listen, times are tough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, even not even that. He could sit there and be like, look, my equipment's not working. Your husband's the one that made it for me. Can we get this? Friday can fix it for sure. The yeah. automation, I'm sure. Yeah. Can, can can I get, you know, some help? And I'm sure Pepper being Pepper would be like, oh, no problem. I saw Steve give you his shield. Like, yeah, you must be legit. <laughs> you know, like it did seem like he may have had other options. And he did say, I'm going to go to every bank in this town. But it maybe seems like there were other strings that you could have pulled first rather than doing yeah. that. I don't really know. But that's all that he was really given. Unlike Bucky, who's given a different set of problems, but he just played it so deep. And by the end of the episode, we are introduced to Mr. John Walker, played by Wyatt Russell, who will now be the new Captain America. And everybody goes, oh, shit. And that's kind of how the first episode ends. We can roll right into number two, The Star-Spangled Man, which is a great callback to, you know, when... Steve first becomes Captain America, and he is used more as a puppet, you know, of, what's the word that I'm trying to think of? I'm sorry. Propaganda. He became a puppet of propaganda, and there's that song like, boo, do, 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 do. They're kind of playing that in there, and like, I was telling my wife, I was like, this is fucking awesome, because I really did enjoy that, but we do get more of John Walker. This one where he does like the interview at his high school, and he's the new Captain America, and he's an impressive specimen. Yes. of a person in this universe that we've seen so far. And when when he got introduced at the end of the, you know, the first episode, I looked at him and I said to myself, this is not for me personally, this is not a good-looking Captain America. Cuz like the whole mask and everything and with the the actor's nose and you know, not bashing his physical appearance, but he kind of looked like he should be Bizarro, the Superman. Like I was like, "Oh, this is like, you would think if you're going to make a replacement, the original actor for Captain America, you know, was iconic, you know, as as an actor. He was very handsome. He was very everything. And then to see him, like, without the mask, he's very, he's well, you know, very well-looking guy. But then with the mask on, he looks like his nose has been broken several times, and he's forcefully... That the the whole head mask is just not working for me. It does not and do it, well it, for it's, him at it all. It just doesn't work for his face. Like, just keep the hat off. He he's a good looking man without that hat. Like, keep the helmet off, and you that's Captain America right there. And it to me, like when they introduced him, at least visually, I was not impressed with it. Was I surprised at the end of the episode? That they remantled, uh, you know, Captain America? No, not at all. And then with him in the high school, I thought 
that was a great way to show him as you know introducing him to the people and just say hey he's a, like a a normal dude but the thing that we never got told and I don't believe until later in the episode that he's also a super soldier has he been given the formula he in the one scene where they're walking and the, we're going to jump ahead to the end of the episode but he's walking and then they're talking in the jeep and they're like oh look four super soldiers all in one car and right there it's like Oh, wait a second. He's a super soldier now? Like, nowhere in the beginning of the episode do there's any indication to that until the end of the episode where they make the line that there's four super soldiers in the car. Yeah, but Sam's not one. If I'm referencing referencing this right, he said four super soldiers in the car, or maybe three. But either way, he he, he gets referenced as a super soldier. So... Why wasn't this in the beginning of the episode? For me, to it's kind of like how we got introduced to Captain America. We got to see Captain America. He was all dinky, small. Then he got you know injected with the serum. He became Captain America. You know what we were used to seeing. We didn't get to see that with this soldier. So like we got to see him practicing with the shield, and he's like pinging it off of things like if he was really Captain America. But... We don't get an indication of other than he's just a soldier if he's a super soldier until towards the end. And if I'm I'm trying to remember correctly, I'm pretty sure they do reference that he is a super soldier. And if that is the case, and I may be getting this wrong, is he or or is he he isn't? He's just a normal dude wearing Captain America suit? Because if so, then he's really truly not the hero that we're going to expect him to be. Personally, I think he's just a dude. I don't think that he's gotten that he will eventually because we do know and we're kind of skipping ahead to see episode three, how many vials were made. So in the beginning, there was the German scientist and he made the Red Skull. He perfected a serum. He made Captain America. Serum disappeared. It kind of came up a little bit where Zola figured it out a little bit for the Winter Soldier. And then we learn by Civil War that there was five other Winter Soldiers But by the end of that, they're all fucking dead. So as we're here, we get eight people who are identified as having super soldier. And the only reason I'm really saying this is because we've seen them hit people and the people fly. We haven't seen that from the new guy, Captain America, yet. You know, he's put people down, but he's not kicked a motherfucker across a room like a super soldier, like we're seeing. So I'm thinking that it's definitely going to come because people who read comics and are deep on that shit... And just from what I did, you know, we both talked about comics-wise. We're both more DC fans. but uh, So I'm just looking this up and reading off the internet and spoilers to anybody. Sorry. But we do know that the guy John Walker in comic history becomes the U.S. agent, which I think is cute, U.S. agent. Yeah. Um, his first appearance was in 323 of Captain America in 1986. And he was first like the super patriot, and then he became an incarnation of Captain America as the USA agent. So I definitely do think that we're kind of going towards this, almost like what you were talking about. We're going to get nega Captain America out of this guy. Because from what I've seen, he's... The thing about Chris Evans playing, you know, the so really Steve Rogers, always comes down to, in my opinion, one moment that we've seen cinematically where Tony's trying to win him over with the pens, and he says, listen, sometimes I wish that I could just turn away and not, and just, sometimes I wish I could just look the other way. And Tony goes, no, you don't. And Steve just kind of laughs like, 
No, I don't. He likes being good for good's sake. Period. Yes. You know, there 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 is always a means to an end, but if that means has any amount of bad, I'll pick up from Bruce Wayne, even if there's a one percent chance that there could be bad in those ends, he no, he backs the fuck off. He's not willing to be bad for any reason. And it doesn't come from a Jesus quality or this. It just becomes a moral compass of like, no, there's good and there's bad. And I know what's good for me and for like almost for everybody because I'm fucking Captain America. You know, like I do believe in him. If it came down to the Sokovia Accords of just like trust the government to send the Avengers out or trust Steve Rogers to know when he should step in. My vote goes to fucking trust Steve Rogers. I trust you. Whereas I really don't get this from the John Walker character. We see him get a little dirty in number three. But it's it's definitely, in my opinion, turning into a nega Captain America kind of thing. And right off the bat, these heroes. So we do get a scene where Bucky and Sam team up with John and what's his sidekick's name? Star Battlestar? Yeah, Battlestar. I think it's Battlestar. And that's where Battlestar. Bucky's like, stop the car. And he gets the fuck out. That was pretty funny. And they're not they're not having it either, you know. Just because you have the shield doesn't mean that you represent, doesn't mean that you mean anything and almost kind of become enemies. Yeah. Or at least we're not gonna play nice together. Yeah, then it comes like a civil thing. Where like they're they 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 hate each other, but they're not gonna fight yet. And I think between Bucky and the Falcon, I think as those two actors and just the two characters of themselves, they are very hilarious. Like I have found myself when they're arguing with each other, you know, kind of chuckling at the fact that like they have this one has like this serious view and the other one's like, you know, he's a little bit more laid back. So it gives you like that Batman Robin kind of thing going on and, you know, just more comical. And I found like that I could laugh at it, but does it make up for the whole show? Like, like there are some good parts to it, but I also just kept on like, even in episode two, it was just like, where are we headed? Like we're on the second episode by now. We still do not know what is going on. Did he, did did the Falcon get money for the boat yet? Like we kind of left that one in the wind and then we don't know what's going on with, you know, with Bucky, you know, like Bucky's mental health. And we kind of left that one up to the wind. We're like, oh, we're, well, I guess we'll say that for a couple of episodes later. And then we just don't understand where this story is headed yet. So from episode one to episode two, we have no clue what the main plot to this is. And and it's not like it's WandaVision, where WandaVision kind of gave you that same sense. But you kind of already knew there was something amiss with what was going on in the show. Here, it's like... We know who the Flag Smashers are. You already put that out, but yeah. why aren't we getting there quicker almost? Sorry yeah. to cut you off, but that's how I feel as well. Yeah, it's like, uh, we know it. Why isn't anyone focused on it? Yeah, Because Joaquin Torres, who in a different world, it's funny, is the Falcon. On Earth 616, he kind of becomes like, we were talking about Batman Beyond, remember, where there were splicers? Yeah. He becomes like a Falcon splicer, and they call him the Falcon for Sam Wilson's Captain America. Just a side note for fun. But he's the one who we meet in that bullshit beginning in the episode one. And then they go and have coffee and he's like, you got to watch this. And he's been propelling the story. But meanwhile, in episode one, they're both separate. Bucky and Winter Winter Soldier and the Falcon don't do anything. And in the second one, when they meet up, he's like, I'm going with you. And that's where I dropped the ball of like, why? 
Like you, you already said that you guys aren't talking. He's ignoring your text. You show up, you do what you call playful banter. But in my eyes, I'm like, these fuckers don't like each other. Like they really just honestly do not like each other. After Sam gave up that shield, Bucky just downright fucking hates him. If you ask me, Yeah, I'm going with you. Oh, why? Because the story needs you to? All right, let's go with that then. Like, it didn't make any motherfucking sense. No. And then they find out a little bit more about the Flag Smashers. I can't remember if it's at the end of episode one or two where Torres gets its face kicked in, which in my opinion should have killed him. I think that was in episode one because his face was messed up in the beginning of the second uh, of the second episode when they go to jump out the plane, which was, you know, ridiculous, number one. You know, like one of your soldiers is like, oh, I'm going to jump off. And he's like, he thinks his hand will stop him, but no, yeah. doesn't. And then he faces no real, like I get it, he's a super soldier, but he didn't break an arm, like the other arm that's not mechanical. He didn't break a leg. He like landed on the ground flat on his back. And I fall, I've, I've personally fallen out of a tree. And I'll tell you, as many branches as you hit coming down does not slow down the momentum that much that it's going to stop what you're going to, like when you hit the ground, the effects of that impact. So to me, I was just like, what the fuck is yeah. going on here? And they made, they made it like Bucky was being like this silly, you know, persona. And it's like, no, Bucky should be a very serious assassin. Like he, if he would have jumped out, he would have jumped out in the clearing and should have landed right on his feet and started booking. They played him a fool, yes. to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, he, he should have booked it. And yeah. it's like, it's like, yeah, his memory might have been altered, but he hasn't forgotten what he was. And we see that later, which really, when you look back, you're like, he would have definitely known how to gotten, how to have rolled a little bit better at the end of that. That's a good fucking point. Yeah, I just, I just thought it was, you know, ridiculous. I was like, hmm, why, why is he being played as a dummy? Well, he did. And that's that's how I felt. It was like, he's being played as a dummy. Like, oh, he's, he's from the 40s. He doesn't know TV shows. He doesn't know hit music. Okay, that's fine. Neither did Captain America when he came. He got the thought. We've played that card, though. So now yeah. to watch it on somebody else, you're just like, yeah, okay. Let's just yeah. keep going if you ask me. But now they're going to play him like he's stupid. And it's like, no, this is like one of the best killers, soldiers, assassins you can ever see. And he's going to land flat on his back out of a plane? No. But that's when they go on to meet the aforementioned when Captain America and Battlestar then meet the Winter Soldier and Samus because they are fighting the Flag Smashers who believe that when the blip happened, half as many people, you know, supplies had to either equal that. You know, right now, let's just say we only have half the supplies that we need for everything. If half the population disappeared, we'd have 100%, if not more, and life's got to get back to this. Now that people have come back, people are struggling once again. So these flag smashers want to steal for their Robin Hoods, you know? And I think they even say that shit. Like, they are taking, in the third episode, again, sorry to jump, but they say, you had six months of stuff here! And we took it. And then she blows them the fuck up, too. But we find out that, like, kind of the leader is Carly Morgenthau. And again, if you're a comics reader, you're just like, hey, I know what's going on there. Because Carl Morgenthau plays the singular character or is the singular character of Flag Smasher. So it's a cool little nod of what they're doing. I don't think it's going to be like, I'm his daughter and I'm here. I don't think any of that. I think they just... Played it the way they are. That's the thing with these shows that I hate about the fans. It's like, if it's not a literal adaptation of a comic book, it's stupid. 
It's like, no, it could just do its own thing, you know? Like, yeah. let's just play it this way. And you're lucky that I gave you Carly at all because I could have just said it's at, it's, it's, what's a girl's name? I don't know why I couldn't. It's, it'd be Hillary for, for some odd reason. Exactly. Hey, it doesn't rhyme with the original character. You have no point. We no. Call her Hillary Duff. <laughs> for some odd reason, it'll be Hillary Duff. And you're just no, like, not oh, that no. Hillary Duff, but I still kick ass. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking funny. Um, we find out that's where they meet and she's a super soldier for sure. Kicking shit. And we see them kind of taking stuff. And it's at the end of that, that they're dejected. They're in the back of the Jeep. They're talking to Captain America. And they're like, we're not going to work with you. We need to work with somebody else. We got to figure this out. Who's the only other motherfucker who knows about super soldiers. Dun, dun, dun Zemo. Right. That's yeah. basically what happened. And then we get into the third episode. I didn't even write down the name. Which can, before we go to the, to the next episode, Please. Can we say that the last the, that that fight scene in episode two when they're fighting on the trucks was also very terrible? Like I did not feel compelled or excited for that fight at all. And like at first, I was like, again, like I, I see it starting and you get excited, and then all of a sudden you get the adrenaline, the adrenaline starts to want to pump, and then it's just like, oh, what am I watching? And it, it was like they all fought very terribly. And for number one, I get it. They're super soldiers, but you got all number one. You got the Falcon, who's a soldier who has fought basically parademons, or you know, um, not parademons. I'm going into DC. Um, you're basically fighting these monsters from um, Thanos. So you, oh yeah, what the fuck were those called? Chitaris. Yeah, Chitaris. He's and done that. He's done Ultron robots. He's done the other things from Thanos' thing. What are the, Oh, yeah, those yeah, things. The yeah. dog things. Yeah, yeah the right, dog right, things. Right. You know, he was an agent of steel. You know, he fought in, in a couple episodes there. You know, with some of the agents of steel when he was, you know, when he couldn't control the side effects of the serum. So you had this this guy, and he couldn't do anything. Then you had Bucky. Who again? Where I, you know, I keep coming back to. He's like this assassin. He's he's supposed to be like this great fighter, and we see that in th- in, in episode three, but in episode two when they're on the trucks, we don't see anything at all. We're 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 basically not very see- good. Yeah, no, it, it's like you might as well. They, it's like they had a couple beers while they were on the plane and some shots, and they were really drunk, and then they landed on the on on the truck, and they were just they were too messed up to fight. You know, and everybody did just enough not to die. Yes. You know, and that's the thing. And, you know, I may again, I could be mistaken that um, the new Captain America is not a not a a super soldier. I might have uh, misheard it. Maybe say four soldiers in the truck. But he also threw that shield so perfect to catch, you know, uh, Battlestar or whatever his name is, you know, um, because I didn't really take much interest to that side character. Um and he throws a shield to catch him so perfectly, and it's like, what? If what is that? Like, mm-hmm. if you could throw the shield like that, why didn't you throw the shield at one of these guys' heads? And yeah, we like knock him said, out. Yeah, at the high school, <laughs> we did see him do training of like yeah. bouncing it off shit. So that's yeah. Was, and yeah, he did not utilize anticlimactic. No, yeah. it just kind of sucked. And you're right, it was super cut. There's lots of cuts. I've been watching Fear Factor. And there was literally just a stunt where they had to go like two. Stu- I was just like, hey, look, it's Fear Factor. Yeah, it didn't. There wasn't a lot of weight to it. You're right. It was kind of a really shitty fight. So we haven't. I think the best one actually is going to come up right now as we talk about episode three. 
uh, power broker is what it's called. And we did kind of touch on a lot of what we learned in terms of the super soldier serum of how many there are, who has them right now. We know that the flags, the flag smashers have all of them. They took 20 or some shit like that. I think they used eight. So I think we're led to believe maybe there's like 12 left. And now the power broker is going to come and begging for them because he doesn't have a supplier anymore. We talked about all that. But the thing in this episode that stood out was Agent 13 comes back. And it's like, why? This bothered the piss out of me. So they had to go and talk to some bitch about figuring out who to talk to about the serum you talked about Bucky gets to be a little bit. He's got to pretend to be the Winter Soldier, and he fucks some guys up super easy. Yeah. Barely an inconvenience. I, really fucks their day yeah. up. Had to be at least eight people, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little less, but with ease, like like he's been doing it his whole life, and practically so. This lady gives him a little bit of the breadcrumbs, and now they're running away because there's a billion-dollar bounty on their head. And as they're running away, maybe three people are chasing him. There was an entire bar who wanted to kill him, an entire bar who saw them leave, and an entire bar who sent a text message about $1 billion, but only three or four people chased them, yep. which was fucking weird. And then Agent 13 happens to be there, kills the three or four people, and nobody else was still chasing them for a billion dollars. She hides them out, takes them to a rave, the fuck was that scene about it did nothing it was a pain in the ass and i'm sitting there watching it like this is the shortest episode so far and we're wasting time watching these fuckers dance with one line of like oh you guys know how to party and that was it it was the dumbest shit what the fuck happened there i think that i felt like it was an extra like that that scene was like like oh crap we need to put something in (laughs) should we cut this no it'll only be 40 something minutes then like yeah. It was fucking stupid. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't. It, and can we even talk about like the opening of the third episode where it kind of felt like it was an Ocean Eleven or, you know, 12 or any of the Ocean movies like opening where he's sitting there and they're going to the, the it looks like a parking garage. It's a basement, something. And Bucky's talking and he's saying like, well, hypothetically, what happens if this would happen? This would happen. This would happen. And it literally you felt like. It was an Ocean Eleven thing going on, where because like everything he was saying is like, oh, someone would trip the fire alarm right at the exact moment, and then this would happen, and it it would it was I literally thought I was watching Ocean Eleven. I was like, that's fucking funny. I was like, what the hell is going on here? And the next time he just walks through, and I'm just like, oh, he's free. Like that was this, nice, like, like, and like, easy. <laughs> like this wasn't even a hypothetical thing. Like this was actually happening the entire time. I thought it was cute. And but like I literally thought of ocean. Yeah. And and then I was just like, no. And then they go into that garage, and he's like, oh, all these cars are mine. And like the I'm a baron. I have tons of money. This all makes sense all of a sudden because you need jets to fly you around the world, and I just have to have money to fucking fuel those jets. It's like none of my estates were frozen while I was in prison. None of my you know. Uh, my houses. butler stayed around to yeah. do all this. Yeah, nobody yeah. went into repo or took anything. Yeah. Well, none of my stuff was seized. No. Like, you know, and that's like, to me, I was just like, well, how does any of this make sense? We kind of skipped a beat. So at the end of two, they realized that they've got to go talk to the bad guy of Captain America Civil War, Baron Von Zemo. And when they go, they leave. But Bucky also helps him escape. And as he's helping him escape and he's telling Sam the plan of what would hypothetically happen, you're right. It is playing out in the real time. So we can exposition this shit very quickly to go absolutely fucking nowhere other than to go party with Agent 13. Yeah. And and that whole time, like, 
I was excited to see Bucky messing up people. Point of him before even that happened, him cutting open up a snake for you know the Falcon to drink as Smiling Tiger, and it's like, again, this is all pointless. What are we doing? Like, yeah, like what this is just for number one. It's not. It's supposed to be comical. But it's not comical. It's not funny. Because, like, we don't even see what he cuts out of the, the snake. Like, we see him cut Probably the snake. his heart. Yeah, and it's like, he puts it in the drink, and he takes a shot. And it's like, is this supposed to be funny? Because it's not. It's not. It's not funny at all. And you're sitting there wondering, what are all these little things that they're... And it's feeling so forced that we're watching. And none of these actors are bad. The actor who's playing the Baron, and you know, the actor playing Falcon, the actor playing Bucky, these are not bad actors. These are just bad scripts. These are just bad scenes. This is just poorly written. And it's they're doing the best they can. And even the back actors, you know, in the bar felt out of place. Like you didn't feel anything. Like you I kind of felt like what I was watching, I was like, I was very confused. Even when they were driving into the town, they were like, "This is high town. This is low town." I can't even. Where? See. Where are we? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, like, and he's like saying, "Oh, that's high town." Okay, I can see high town in the distance, all the lights, and it looks nice. And then we're like, "Well, we're heading to low town." Can I get a view of low can town? Can we look at it? Yeah. Can I? Can I at least I get a view? So much money, no. You know, it's like, no, we're just going to give you a bar, we're just a gonna rave. We're going to go there, yeah. Yeah, we're going to give you a bar, a rave, and then a shipping yard. So that's what we're going to give you. And that shipping yard is the aforementioned best action scene I've think seen so far. Agent 13 just goes through fucking beating the shit out of these people. Yes, and I think she was really good at it, but also when I was watching Agent 13, I didn't feel the fight scenes were as authentic. So for me, like... The one part where she grabs a knife, so like the guy has a knife and she grabs his hand and she like basically fighting with that knife and then stabs him in the back looked totally fake to me. And I was like, why didn't they just kind of speed up a little bit? Like they could have sped up all her fights by like, you know, a couple seconds, just speed up the frame seconds and just make it look like it's happening super fast, but it's not happening super fast because we know she's a super like agent. She's a badass. We know this. So there's not enough blood too for everything yeah. they wanted to do. You know, either pull that fucking trigger or don't, if you ask me. But they're on Disney Plus, so they can't. And it's one of those things then just stop introducing it. You know, you could have just given her a weird little taser gun like you give Natasha or some shit like that. And, you know, she took out some motherfuckers with pipes, which was cool, but eventually she did go to shoot people and it's like, You shot him in the head and nothing fucking happened. This is yeah. stupid anymore. Like, what we, are we doing? We get the side effects. Oh, the not the side effects. We get the, the sound effects. And, you know, we, we get to hear the pings and we hear the, the knife go in, you know, and all that nice stuff. But we don't, you're not visually seeing nothing really happen to these people. It's like, are they teddy bears? <laughs> I was pretty surprised with how beat up she came in at the very end. Because I was like, oh, that was, at least they gave her that. But at the very end, she was like, all right, clear my name. I'll see you guys later. And just fucked off. And I was like, this is stupid. We have wasted three episodes for fucking nothing. And I don't want to say that WandaVision was already up and running by three episodes. And I don't mean to always compare, but they are on the same platform. This is one after the other of like you were saying, it was a slower burn. It was something different of them really setting up. But with this, it's like, guys, you're fucking Avengers. One of you at least is like, you should be able to get this ball rolling 
way before this. You're relying way too much on other. I don't know. The whole thing is just kind of not not getting there for me personally. No. And my point is, is if you know they're super soldiers, and you know how bad that can be. Obviously, you have Bucky standing right next to you. So, why didn't anyone else call any of the other Avengers? Like, why didn't why, why didn't the Falcon go? You know, you know who we need. We need Bruce Banner. You know, you know who? that's always <laughs> the thing with these things. Yeah, where is Doctor Strange as Wandavision was happening? You know, he said it was his job to make sure to watch the Earth of anything that's going on, spooky or mystical wise. Meanwhile, this bitch takes over a town in New Jersey, and nothing. So that's what, always the fun kind of thing with playing with the cards of what we want, what we can expect versus what they want to give us. So. Yeah, but he didn't even like again. We could we could have had a sense like they can go into Wandavision and maybe make like another episode. I don't know if it, like the series is completely done. I don't think it is, but they can sit there and say in the first episode, Doctor Strange was busy. You know, and it's like, oh, why wasn't Doctor Strange there? And then that one episode could just sit there and be like, well. I was busy and battling Mephisto, and finally give them their fucking Mephisto. (laughs) I was like, I was in another plane of existence at the moment, fighting this really bad guy, and now I'm back, and now I just kind of got caught up. And that's (laughs) what they'll do, yeah, for Bruce Banner in this situation. For everybody else, the only crossover we do get that I loved, oh my god, comes at the very end. And I'm not going to say the entire three episodes was worth this moment, but it did make me excited for episode four. For those who forget, in Winter Soldier. We frame one Bucky Barnes, and by we, I mean Zemo, frames Bucky Barnes for blowing up the UN, which leads to Chachaka's death, who oh. was the Black Panther, later succeeded by T'Challa. So, to say that the Wakandans want to see Zemo dead would be an understatement at the very best, and now these guys have him broken out. So... At the very end of the episode, Zemo and Sam are going to go into something to go look at something. I don't remember. And Bucky kind of holds back, and he's like, wait, I'm just going to go check something out. And he finds a little device, and he's like, you dropped something. And we see uh, it's not not Danny Guerrero. I don't remember the actress's name, but she was in Black Panther, and she was in Civil War. And she's there. It's a general in the Wakanda army, and she's just like, I'm here and we got some shit to talk about pretty much. Does yeah, she, she say any words? But like, that's what's led up to, but no, she, she, she did say Zemo's name. I, I, I watched yeah, the episode yeah, this yeah. morning and I, I can't believe I forgot that ending scene. Um, so yeah, I mean, she shows up, she basically says, oh, I know you're with Zemo. And cause Bucky finds this, that ball. And I can't tell if it was a camera. What, what that was. I think it was a camera. And, um, you know, he, he obviously she shows up. My thing is, is how are they going to play this with now that Wakanda's in the series? Now that the Black Panther's gone. And I mean, as the actor, as the actor is now has passed away, rest, you know, got, you know, whatever you believe in, rest his soul. And you now have him there. So now are we looking at the new Black Panther? Are we looking to see that maybe the Winter and the Falcon Soldier are going to introduce maybe the you know the Black Panther sister taking up the mantle? Now, out of all the crazy shit I've heard today and over the internet, that, in my opinion, is the smartest motherfucking thing. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Let's hope you're right, because that's a good fucking point. Dude. 
I mean, it, it, if you're looking at it, this That's is the perfect. That'd be cool. This is the perfect way to set that up. It fucking this, is. This is the perfect way to set up the new Black Panther, and they can come up with any story they want. Like, oh, uh, my brother got injured. He's dead. He, you know, whatever way they want to spin that story. They can introduce her as the female Black Panther. And we don't need an entire movie to once again kind of come through, you know, let's set her up and or set whoever up. And then when they get their sequel movie, when the Black Panther 2 comes out, it doesn't have to be an origin. It doesn't have to explain that. We've already done that. We set that up. Boom. Mic drop, motherfucker. That was good. Yeah. That's what they should fucking do. Because then now she's introducing the show. They could drop a new movie if they want to. Female Black Panther, you know. They can do anything they want, but they will force you to watch the show so that you can understand that she's now the new Black Panther. We put in the plot for you, and we filled in the gap. Here we go. And that's what's going to get me back, because I don't think I've hid my feelings at all that so far we have a little under three hours. Maybe it's two hours and 40 minutes of content. Not fucking impressed with much of it there are a few no. beats that really sebastian stan sells me on and i wasn't too excited i know that we wanted to talk about this so i more watched them because we were going to do this thinking i'll wait until they're all gone until they're all up and then i'll binge the second half but i might watch episode four just because of this black panther tie-in especially to see now if you're right that was awesome yeah but overall for your impression of these first three episodes to wrap this up how do you feel i feel like that they're rushed i i just uh, everything about it it's just when you get something like wandavision which is far more complicated like that story plot far more complicated than the falcon and the winter soldier other than you know getting people maybe who didn't watch asian of steel uh, with the Falcon when he got introduced, just kind of catching him up on his story. Other than that, there's not much for you to really need to do for people for this story. There's nothing. There's not much of a buildup. You already had the movies. We already know of Bucky. You had the Agents of Steel where you know the Falcon was introduced, and then you had the movies where he was in. So you already have everything built. Why is this so terrible? Why is this taking so long? What are we doing? You know, and if we're going by IMDb, I think there's only another three episodes. They only have six. So every they're not like they're not um, named. So yesterday it just showed episode one and the name episode two and the name and then just went three, four, five, six. And now today it's number three in the name and four, five, six. Are we only going another, like, do we really only have three more of these to look for to quote unquote look forward to? Are we halfway through a story that's. Not grabbing me at all, like shit. When when I'm more interested in what the hell happened to Agent Thirteen, than wanting to follow the storyline that is set across from me, that's sad. That is sad when I'm more interested in Agent Thirteen. What have you been doing? Yeah, let's yeah. look at that story. Yeah. yeah, that's a good fucking point. But let's follow her real quick because I kind of have a hunch that she is the power broker. Ooh, ooh, you heard it here, here, folks. You'll have to come back for the second episode to see if you're right, but. That's another good fucking theory. I could see that because she was living fucking large. Ooh, yeah, she had a lot of things, lots of money, lots oh. of power, lots of friends coming over. Yeah, either, parties like that. There's either she lots did of drugs. really good. Yeah, either she did really good in the blimp, or 
she is a power broker, and again, she still did really good in a blimp, and she just gained control of everything. Because it doesn't make sense that somebody hunting them wouldn't succeed unless, you know, like, what's the name, Kaiser Soze himself, blending in right in plain sight. Fuck me sideways. That'd be a good one, too. All right. See, now you you have me excited to watch the next episode more than anything else. Yeah. So we will definitely do that. We will hopefully reconvene and talk about if there's only another three episodes. We'll go through another six or another three episodes on the backside. If there's more, we'll definitely do a part two to wrap up the series. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds great. Dude, you have been a terrific guest host. Thanks so much for coming and hanging out and doing all this with me. It was, it was really nice. Like we talked about, we're family. We're going to get to be spending a lot of time together and getting to see each other at different events. And it's nice now to have a little bit of family that I can geek out with and a little bit more, really, because JD is also now our family. We should do a three-part family episode. Oh, all three of us hanging out. We could. Bro, JD, you listening? Hit me up if you want to do that. That'd be a lot of fun, right? With that, I think we can end the episode. Uh, again, I can't thank you enough for coming out and doing everything. You have any poor outs, uh, anything you want to plug, anything you want to hit people up on, where they can follow you, where they want more of you? You do some twitching, right? Uh, I do some twitching. Um, that sounds really weird, actually, yeah. now that we say it. So Twitch is something in which do, you broadcast, just do, in case anybody's I, like, are you making fun of it? No. We're not making fun of any uh, <laughs> any uh, no more like problems. Fox jokes, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, uh, right now my channel is a little dead for a moment, but when I get that up and running again, um, I'll definitely you know do a shout out uh, towards my, my gaming. Um, but uh, definitely want to just give one shout out to one, uh, one person in particular. Uh, congratulations to my brother, Orlando, and Jess on their marriage that they're going to be getting married on Friday. Nice. That's awesome, man. What a great way to end this with love. I fucking love that, man. Love you for being here. Love this episode. Thank you again so much. If you're listening to us, you're out there and it's your first time and you want to follow more of us, find us on Instagram, find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. I think I try to put it out there as much as I can. If not, the thing I ask for the most is just tell a friend. If you know a friend who likes buds, bros, or superheroes, you've got a fucking show for them. I've been Nick James. Thanks so much for hanging out. With that, buds, bros, and superheroes are out of here.